This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. A Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Production. Hi guys, I'm so excited to have all of you join me today. Today's episode is all about having the courage to become your own hashtag best me ever. And with us is Jamie Monahan, a Guinness Book of World Record holder. She's an extreme ice and endurance swimmer who has completed some of the longest and coldest swims ever recorded on all seven continents. Jamie is an inductee of both the International Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame and the Ice Swimming Hall of Fame. And today, she will inspire us to keep on swimming no matter what as we go about our daily lives. Before I begin, I would like to thank my podcast management group, Hangaroo Fern Media Lab for this wonderful opportunity to inspire people from all over the world. So, are you excited for this episode? Let's dive in now. This podcast is brought to you by Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with the mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com A feel-good podcast filled with beautiful thought-provoking reflections. What is it in your life that you want to become? Who do you want to be? And inspiring soulful stories to help you become your authentic, unapologetic, grandest version of yourself your own hashtag best me ever you begin to ask yourself why you find yourself lonely depressed feeling unworthy unloved doubting yourself and asking this question why me why did it have to happen to me hosted by global master coach and international best-selling author Mike Sellis. Hello there, Jamie. How are you? Good morning, Mike. How's it going? Oh, it's been a long day, but you know, I'm excited to have you today. I look forward to hearing this, you know, a very inspiring story of yours. Not that I haven't heard some before. I remember uh, meeting you for the first time when we did TEDx in Akita, Japan. That was really one for the books. And I definitely, from that time on, I have became a fan of yours. 
Oh, same here. And I can't believe that was a few years ago now, but such a, a special experience to be at Akita University and meet all those wonderful students and to meet you. And uh, it's great to have kept in touch over the years as well. You definitely keep me motivated and optimistic through some tough times. So thank you. And you wouldn't believe how much inspiration you've given me to try out swimming again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like growing up, it wasn't exactly one of my best skills. But in your case, Jamie, how was it growing up? Have you always wanted to become a swimmer? Yeah, so I'm pretty lucky. I grew up in a small town about an hour north of New York City in upstate New York, definitely a smaller town. And as a child, I was not athletic at all. I tried to play soccer. You know, I was distracted and looking at dandelions in the fields. I wasn't running and chasing the ball like the other kids. I was kind of going my own path. Along the way, I did find swimming, and that was something that I found that the harder I worked, the more I could excel at it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was a matter of technique and growth. So I found that a lot more engaging. I love the time with my own thoughts. I love the physical challenge. So, yeah, I've been a swimmer for most of my life and a competitive swimmer since about the age of six. So um, it's definitely something that stayed with me throughout school and becoming an adult and, you know, definitely something that keeps me grounded. Wow. How do you stumble upon swimming? You said that you were never athletic and you weren't really into sports. I could relate to the dandelion part. I have always been like that before. But then how did you stumble upon swimming? There are a lot of sports out there. What made you choose that it was really swimming for you? My parents belonged to like a pool club that had different sports like tennis and swim team. And I think at first it just started kind of, I have a brother and sister and they drop us off in the pool in the morning and you'd spend all day. And um, other than swim practice, again, I just wanted to lay in the shade with a book as opposed to uh, getting out and playing tennis but for swim practice I did really enjoy that private time and you know being with my team and that was something where you know it was a matter of finding the right fit running and soccer and tennis mm -hmm. and the sun was not my fit but in the water I, I became more graceful I felt more mm -hmm. comfortable and it really helped me flourish. Wow was there ever a point in time during your childhood that you actually got scared when you were swimming? Because I remember, despite the fact that my parents wanted me to take up swimming lessons and I don't think it worked for me, seriously. So I remember the times that, you know, the instructors would throw me into the water and I would freak out. Seriously, did you ever have any experience that left you feeling traumatized or that, you know, you were really fearful? back then. Yeah, and I can think of two moments. Um, I think that's absolutely the wrong thing to do. You shouldn't be throwing kids in. You should make them feel supported in the water. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, I think that's something that's not in style anymore. I hope for the many kids who could have future um, situations like that. But for me, there were kind of two key moments in terms of really A, being a bit afraid and B, kind of feeling the power of the water and knowing how helpless we sometimes are in the midst of, you know, potential drowning or things like that that. So the first was um, when I was a pretty little tyke. I remember before my first competition, you know, I'm like five years old and I'm about to do one length of the pool and it just seemed like so far away. And, you know, the other kids oh, yes. were all 
Yeah, all the other kids were like taller than me. They were like, it was eight and under. So you compete with everybody who's five, six, seven, eight years old. I'm pretty tall now, but at the time I was pretty <laughs> even small for my height. And these were kids a few years older. And I just looked and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but I'm going to try my best. And I got in and nothing bad happened and I made it. And that was such a feeling of accomplishment. So I kept going with that. The second time was probably one of my first times in the open water and an open water swimmer. Now, I think my parents had taken me and my brothers and sisters to the beach. And maybe I wandered a little bit away in the water and got tumbled over by a wave. And at that point, you know, I was a pool swimmer, but I kind of, you know, the water hit me and knocked me over and I was almost like tumbling in the waves and just struggling to get to the air and you know to fight and breathe again and it was really you know a sense of kind of losing control and like wow we're not in control of it in this water so um, it was a long time before I went into open water you know even for pleasure after that so Oh my God, open water. I, I mean, you are talking to someone who's riding on a ship or a boat and still gets scared when he looks down <laughs> at the sea. So this is really something. And Jamie, you're not only an accomplished swimmer at a certain level, you are a Guinness Book of World Records holder. How amazing is that? I don't get to talk to a Guinness Book of World Records holder every single day. So this one's for the book, really. Can you tell me how you actually landed on the pages of the Guinness Book of World Records? And what was that experience that changed you thereafter? Sure, yeah. And I, I'm really fortunate that I actually have two entries in the book, which is amazing. And I think it speaks to my two passions, which is ice swimming and then also endurance swimming. So both are projects that are so meaningful to me. Um, the first one was that I was the first person in history to complete something called the Ice Sevens Challenge, which means swimming one British mile in water below um, five degrees Celsius or 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So, I mean, it must be done on every continent, including one swim, at least one swim of a mile in water under one degree Celsius and one at either near the North Pole or near the South Pole as well. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. You were the first person, meaning no one has ever done it yet before, okay, before you. Why? What made you? Where did you get the courage to do that? I mean, it's crazy. Swimming in open water is already crazy, but that's crazier. Yeah, it, and it was something that I didn't jump into immediately. Obviously, having been a swimmer for a long time, it was something I built up gradually to, you know, becoming an open water swimmer, then becoming a cold water swimmer, then becoming an ice swimmer. And then once I had done one ice mile, I thought of, oh, what are different challenges that I can do? And this spoke to me because I could plan basically my own expeditions. It wasn't like a prescribed list of swims that I had to do. It was, you know, the whole world was my canvas and I could plan all of my own swims and the locations and use this project to take me all over the world. So it really spoke to, you know, things that I get excited about, my passions of swimming and traveling and experiencing the world through the water. 
Wow, you are really the epitome of Nemo's keep swimming. <laughs> you know, that famous line <laughs> from the Nemo cartoon. Anyway, Jamie, was there ever a time that you actually did not meet your own expectations or like did you ever lose any swimming competition in your life? Oh yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of those things like I when I take part in actual competitions, I think I've been, you know, in first place as much as I've been in last place. It all depends on what the water is doing what day, who's in the competition with me, so. But for me as long as I always try my best, I feel good about that. It doesn't matter. Like I've been in races where like Olympians, you know, 20 years younger than me have been in the mix <laughs> and of course like I'm so inspired to swim with them, but I'm not expecting to beat them and you know, I'm not going to be unhappy if, you know if I don't make that unattainable goal. My kind of competing with myself and doing things that are meaningful with for me as opposed to competing externally with other people. So So each and every time that you get into the water, What really is your biggest fear? And I'm talking to a world-class Olympics swimmer now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's one of those funny things like even when the water's warm, even if it's a 22 degree pool or 30 degree water, it always feels cold because it's colder than your body temperature. You know, in open water, there's always the fear that okay, maybe an animal is there, but you have to just think that most places animals are not out to get you. They're usually just curious. Um I've only had really friendly animals approach me, such as penguins in Antarctica and here in New York City a wow. friendly turtle so you know I know people really worry about sharks and depending where you are in the world obviously if it's a place where you know sharks are known to be breeding or feeding of course you probably want to do a risk assessment but in general you know sharks are around wildlife is around and in general they don't want to bother us and they don't want <laughs> us to bother them so I don't know if that's a comforting thought or what but, but yeah at least you're safe. Just curious. What was the farthest route that you've swam? Like how long did it take? How far was it? And at that given point in time was there any you know chance that you really wanted to give up already because I can imagine it's tiring. Like it's crazy tiring. Yeah, so this is actually a good story and I think speaks to kind of how this year has been for all of us and the challenges of 2020 and 2021 and you know the pandemic. So basically since, you know, March of last year, this time last year, we, you know, we've been stuck inside the house. New York City was hit really mm-hmm. early and really hard with the pandemic. Um from there things gradually eased up a little bit, but you know, I wasn't able to swim in the pool or get out to the beach to swim and that was challenging for me just in terms of stress management and also just keeping in shape. So by the time June and July rolled around and some of the restrictions were lifted and we were authorized to do physical activities, rent boats, etc., I was really in a place where I wanted to pursue a pretty big personal challenge. And what I ended up doing was the swim around Manhattan is about a 28 mile swim here. It takes between like 6 hours and 8 hours generally. So, started to do a few of those. Then I put myself a project of, you know, usually in August we take a week's uh, vacation. It's popular. I was like I can't go anywhere, but what can I do? So I decided to propose a personal challenge of swimming the Manhattan swim 7 times in 7 days. And that went really well. It was great to be out on the 
water. And from there, I decided to tackle an even bigger goal, my, my biggest swim yet. And this was four continuous loops of Manhattan Island, which is 114 miles or 183 kilometers long. Wow. Yeah. So I estimated it would probably take between like 45 and 48 hours based on swim speed and things like that. So I knew it was going to be potentially my longest swim ever. So. Oh my God. Do you get to sleep? in between those or no you're not allowed <laughs> yeah we can rest and kind of tread water and not be as actively swimming but you can't hold on to the boat you can't get back onto the boat and sleep so i am known to take little micro sleeps i call it where i i kind of catch a mini nap while i'm swimming on these long swims mm -hmm. but yeah you're not allowed to rest or you know get into a bunk on the the boat or go onto shore or anything like that i just take breaks to tread water and to drink carbohydrate drink every 30 minutes so but yeah especially kind of swimming into two evenings um it was really challenging for me because this was in september of last year and Usually the air temperature and water temperature are pretty temperate, like around like 20, 22 degrees. But mm. in the night, it was very windy. And at the start of the swim, it was so windy and cold. The air was about 10 degrees and, and very high gusts of wind. So it really felt like it was sucking the heat off my shoulders every time, mm -hmm. you know, I raised my arm out of the water and things like that. So, and that was at the very start of the swim. And I kind of said, wow, I'm going to do this like basically four times around. Can I do it? Am I crazy? What was I thinking? But I decided to kind of like keep going, see how I feel. Am I safe? Mm -hmm. Is there anything to be concerned about? And just take it 30 minutes at a time. And 30 minutes at a time, we, we did a 45 uh, hour swim, which is, you know, incredible. <laughs> Everything that you're doing right now is, sounds so amazing and so scary for most of us here on the other side of the story. Where do you draw your inspiration? Where do you draw your courage from? Yeah, and I mean, the biggest tip that I would probably give, you know, anybody listening to this podcast is as daunting as a goal may be, like if you're like, hey, I'm going to swim 100 14 miles or 183 kilometers, of course, everybody's going to be terrified of that. But if you say, okay, I'm going to swim for 30 minutes at a time, see how I feel another 30 minutes and break it down into kind of manageable milestones. That's the most important for, thing for me. So it's not a matter of being inspired at every moment, but just kind of keeping the end goal in sight and breaking it down into something that you can kind of mentally process. Um, but other than that, I was very inspired by the, the spirit of New Yorkers here during this time. The frontline workers kind of helping us all out throughout the pandemic, like that kind of strength and resilience is huge compared to like a little swim challenge. So I try to keep those people, you know, in mind as I was doing it. And what's the best lesson that you've learned from swimming that you're actually applying in your day-to-day -day life right now? Yeah, I mean, I loved what you said about just keep swimming. Like sometimes it's <laughs> not about being amazing. I mean, you're pretty amazing at every moment, but it's not about being at 100% every day. Sometimes it's just about keep 
getting back in, keep working towards your goal. And that's what's really important. Of course, there's hopefully those moments of inspiration. I read a really good quote about the rule of thirds as you're working towards goals. Probably about a third of the time, you're going to feel fantastic. A third of mm -hmm. the time, you're going to feel okay. A third of the time, you're going to probably feel pretty crummy. And that's because if you're feeling great all the time, you're probably not working hard enough. If you feel crummy all the time, you're working too hard. You're not nurturing yourself. Uh, so kind of having that healthy balance of challenging yourself and also restoring yourself it is really huge when tackling goals and also working towards them in terms of training or daily life. You know, and I think that can be applied to business, to school, you know, to hobbies. It really can be relevant to anything. Um, and for me, just kind of knowing that I've done some of these crazy challenges, it makes those little moments where you're like, oh, how do I deal with this situation? It's really tricky. It's like, eh, I swam in ice water or, oh, I swam 114 miles. I can probably do this. It just gives a little bit more confidence. So looking back on the difficult things you've already done just helps you build towards, you know, anything you're looking to do next. Wow. Amazing. So lastly, you've made it to the Guinness Book of World Records. What's next for you? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that was a while ago. So uh, I, my main goal since then has just been to keep enjoying myself, being true to myself and just pursuing things that are meaningful to me work-wise. Since then, I've taken on, you know, new roles in terms of work, going from being an individual contributor within a large organization to being someone who's creating completely new programs for a smaller organization. And again, that's kind of scary. I left a job that I had been with over a decade. I left it during pandemic times and I remember I had all these plans. I was going to take a month off and travel and come mm -hmm. to see you and all of <laughs> these amazing things and it just didn't work out. And I, you know, I really was soul searching myself and I said, hey, you know, do I even want to do this? Am I crazy to quit a job that I love for something that's so uncertain? And luckily to say, I, I made the jump just like I do on a lot of my swims and it's really paid off. So again, like these kind of things, it's not about swim challenges per se. It's just about whatever is meaningful to you. And like, it's what I love. That's why I can attack it and, you know, do things to the utmost of my ability just because it's meaningful to me. Wow. And this was such a meaningful interview indeed. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's such a wonderful experience having you here today. Uh, where can our listeners find you if they want to ask you for some advice or they want to check on where you're swimming next? Okay. Where can they find you? Yeah. I, I have a personal website. It's jamiemonahan.com. It's J-A-I-M-I-E, last name M-O-N-A-H-A-N, uh, just .com. Just, or Google like Jamie Ice Swimmer. It will probably come up. I'm also active on Instagram and Facebook. So, you know, if any of your listeners want to reach out to me regarding, you know, swimming or just general advice, you know, I'm so here for it and love to hear from people from all over the world, like I know your listeners are from. So definitely would love to hear from them and you know definitely keep in close touch with you as well 
And I am sure that after hearing your story, you would have a lot of people wanting to reach out to you. Again, thank you so much for joining me today. And for all our uh, listeners here, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to my show. And you can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on TikTok. Again, uh, thank you, Jamie Monahan, for this wonderful interview. And it's a beautiful reminder for all of us to keep on swimming and That's in line with what I'm going to leave with you right now, guys. That wherever you are right now in your life, always remember that it's okay simply because you're on your way to become your own hashtag best me ever. My name is Coach Mike Sellis. Till next time, guys. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with the mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com.